everyone. My name is Yvonne carrasco Shalmay. I am excited to welcome you to this panel about Latinas in sports for our esquina. Firstly, I want to thank Jesus and the Aresquina team for giving us this platform to share these incredible and impactful stories with you all. I'd love to introduce our panelists to you today. Um, first, we would like to welcome Karina, who is a senior producer and editor at the Golden State Warriors, Ileana, who is the media and broadcast operations manager at US Soccer. Marisol is senior marketing manager at the Denver Broncos. And Andrea serves as assistant coordinator strength and conditioning coach, Latin America at the San Francisco Giants. Thank you so much for joining us. And ladies, please um, say your hellos. Hi, thank you Yvonne so much for organizing this, putting it together. I'm so excited to just have this amazing conversation with this great group of women. Um, and connect with this online community. Same, I'm really excited to be here and talk about a really important topic, being Latina in sports and pushing that narrative and pushing pushing what we do on a daily basis. Hello everyone, my name is Marisol and I'm very excited to be here and um, get to hear um, some of the wonderful stories that other sport or sports professionals um, have and hear about their journey. Um, I've you know, when I've been asked previously how, to, if I could describe um, what my experience has been like, what would it be like, or what, how I would describe it. And one of the things that I say, say is that for me, sports, um, sports industry, particularly has been a very lonely road. And so having the opportunity to, to share um, in this conversation, um, for me, I'm, it's, it's a highlight. And so, so thank you. And I look forward to um, not only hearing from these wonderful ladies, but also, you know, hopefully um, helping those that are joining in today by answering some of the questions and uncertainties. And so um, very excited for, for this opportunity. So thank you. Thank you, Marisol. That's a perfect um, segue to my first question. As Marisol mentions, it can be a lonely road. It can be incredibly challenging. And uh, it's important today to acknowledge your accomplishments and all the women who have helped you along the way. Um, you know, through your childhood, through college, through your prof professional careers. I think particularly I come from, you know, a family of very strong women. And I think that women, uh, you know, commonly in, in the Latina experience are extremely pivotal in your life and your career. So I would love to hear from you. Um, I'll start with Andrea. Who would you like to acknowledge today and celebrate on International Women's Day who's been helpful to you in your career? Oh, 100% would be my mom. I mean, just from deciding to pick up her family and live a leave the country that she calls home and, you know, going to a country that doesn't particularly welcome you and giving you the freedom to not only be you, but, you know, encourage you to be you and, and fight, you know, because I, when I think of my mom, I actually wish I wasn't wearing a long sleeve. I have a tattoo of my mom uh, on my arm and she, it was her first passport picture when she was 19 and I gave her warrior paint because when I think of my mom, I think of a warrior. I guess just somebody that she doesn't give up. I mean, I mean, she, she just doesn't, you know, and they can call us like, we can get a call like tercas or whatever, but like that, that's what got us to where we are. And I think my mom has been an amazing example of what it is to be, strong and not only you know on the good days but especially on the bad days and putting up you know with a bunch of bs but still getting through it and 
not only pushing for herself, but pushing for her shield for her children. I think it's just she's amazing. So my mom has definitely been that one woman in my life that, you know, seeing her, I'm like, she, you know, she still gets up for work every day. So I do so I have to. I have no choice. I have I have no option to quit or give up because I see that she has never done that. So in return, I I, I know that I can't either. So for, for me, my mom, she she's I mean, she's just a huge inspiration. I I think of her as a warrior. That's a beautiful tribute, Andrea. Like that that hits your heart right there. Um, Karina, I would love to hear from you. Who is that woman you want to acknowledge and celebrate today? Yeah, for me, I have three. I won't go into detail, super detail about all of them. My mom, of course, being one of them. Uh, she and my dad are on this call, so hi, mom. <laughs> um, but like Andrea said, just, you know, what my mom did at a young age, she left Puerto Rico when she was very young to move to Chicago, knew one other person um, and has made her life and was a social worker for many, many years and you know, helped so many people throughout the city of Chicago and the way she gave back to people that she didn't even know. Um, and then my two abuelas, I was fortunate to grow up with them. I'm gonna get emotional because they mean so much to me. Um, but my abuela Lydia, from Puerto Rico, I um, spent a summer with her and I'm very close, I was very close with her. And to me, she just exemplifies what so many Latina women do. She was above the age of 70 and decided to go to college. Wow. Above the age of 70. Like how many people, forget women, how many people decide to do that? And, you know, to me that fearlessness, that, you know, ambition, no matter how old you are, it, it stays with me to this day. And, you know, my abuela Mary raising, you know, as a single mom, like just did so many incredible things. And like Andrea said, you know, no matter what, on the good days and bad days, we get it done. And those are the three women that that stand out to me and, and mean so much to me. Ladies, we're a few minutes in and I'm, you know, you're, you're tugging at the heartstrings. That's um, amazing, amazing. Ileana, you're up next. Who is that one women, woman? you want to celebrate and acknowledge today? I mean, I can't top Andrea and Karina's responses. I also have my mom. Um, she came to this country at a young age by herself and 100% my go-getter mentality and like work ethic comes from her, like everything that she does. She put her dreams on hold to raise myself and my siblings, but as soon as like we were independent enough to do our own thing, she went to cosmetology school. She started her own business, totally killing it. And exactly like Andrea said, like I don't, I can't stop. I can't, I can't give up because she has never give. She's never shown that as an option. So, I mean, as long as she's working, I have to keep going too, <laughs> uh, and past that. But definitely, all the sacrifices she has made has totally contributed to the person that I am today that warrior spirit, like Andrea said. I love it. Marisol, who is that one woman you'd love to acknowledge and celebrate today? You know, I, um, I will say that for me, it's uh, depending on what you're talking about, right? I always say that I get my, my hustle and um, everything that I am as a woman from my mom and my grandmothers um, who, you know, um, when I tell you about them, I think a lot of people have um, this thought of maybe confusion as to why I would select them. Um, the highest education attained by my mother is uh, fourth grade. Uh, neither of my maternal or paternal um, grandmothers 
um, attended any kind of schooling, um, but they made it happen, right? Like that was never an excuse. And so for me, um, whenever I have moments of doubt, um, I think back of um, the three of them who nothing ever stops them. You know, it's just continues of like, you know, if you're, if you're made of excuses, you're never going to really get to do anything that you want to do because you can always find a reason as to why not to. So I think that from that standpoint, that, that is, um, that is what makes up Marisol as, as a woman. I think professionally, um, one of the things that, um, a very, um, a very wise person told me once was, you know, if you don't have the resources around you, go and find them. And so I found very early on in my career was that I could not have conversations about struggles with school, right? With finding an internship, with finding my first job out of college with my mom, with my, with my dad, with my grandparents, because they hadn't gone through that. And so I, I uh, went out on this journey to find individuals that I could uh, cling on to, as I say, they, they have become mentors, they have become sponsors, they have become great friends. And so the funny thing is that um, the group that I found um, go by the name of Las Madrinas. And at the time, I believe there was like a 35 year age gap between me and the group. And so it was like 12, 13 women that got together here in, in Denver and would do philanthropic work. And they were just everywhere. And I looked at them as like another um, support system. And so I think that for them, you know, when, when you talk about the women in my life that have impacted me, I cannot have that conversation without mentioning that group of ladies as well. Um, at times they have, you know, served as um, like a grandmother figure, as a mother figure, but more importantly, you know, when it comes time to really challenge myself professionally, they are the first ones that remind me of what, what I told them about, you know, 15, 16 years ago that I'm still working towards. So I think that for me, definitely grandmothers and mom, but additionally, these group of, of, um, of wise women, they do not like to be called, you know, more mature or seniors. So more mature women that, that have been guiding me um, through, through my life for the last 15, 16 years. So I would say that um, for, for them every single day, I am extremely grateful. Amazing. Um, and I just want to acknowledge, I see my niece, Charlotte, her beautiful little face there. <laughs> my greatest inspiration are my nieces. And a, a big thank you to my sister, who's an attorney, um, who's dedicated her career to helping others as a domestic violence attorney. And my mom. <laughs> um, love you, ladies. Thank you so much. Um, just to round out that theme, I wanted to acknowledge and say hello and love you guys so much. Um, so I think that's something in common that we all have, ladies, is that we are either immigrants ourselves or are daughters of immigrants. So we didn't necessarily kind of have those connections to begin with to get into our industries. Um, Might have been a little bit more challenging for us to kind of get our foot in the door. So on that topic, I would love to know um, how you got started and if there's you know, a story or an individual who particularly helped you out in the beginning who you want to mention as well. Um, but I think it's important and uh, always a productive conversation to share like how you actually got your foot in the door in your industry. Um, I will start with Karina. Awesome. So I got my start at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. That's where I attended college. And I found an internship 
with the athletics department. And that was really where I got my start. I took a journalism class and people mentioned, you have to get an internship, you have to get an internship. And so I did, had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I remember the first game I was assigned to work was an Illinois soccer game. And they said, go grab the camera and go shoot. And I went to the camera and I looked down and I said, I don't even know where the power button is <laughs> to myself because I was scared. And then I realized I had to put my you know, pride aside and ask to learn. Um, so that was really the beginning. And the people there that impacted me a lot were the older students, the juniors and seniors that um, were there and I'm grateful because at that time, it was a pretty balanced group of students when it comes to men and women. So I had older juniors and seniors, Megan Coffey, she um, works at the C University of Cincinnati now. I looked up to her and you know, I was like, I wanna be like her because I didn't see many people on the full-time staff that looked like me. Um, but in that program, that was really the beginning. And I have to credit uh, Andy Young and Daryl Miles. Daryl is still at the university there, but they pushed us so much. Obviously you, it comes down to how you push yourself, but they, I still connect with them and I still reach out to them for advice to this day. Um, and I feel like not many people have that relationship with people that they had an internship with over 10 years ago. Um, and so those people, they have impacted my career because they've been in my corner throughout from the beginning, um, which is rare. So that's how I got my start. And, you know, really it, it was through an internship that I applied to, had no experience, but, you know, decided to put the fear aside and see what happened. And it, it worked out. <laughs> awesome, Karina. Thank you for sharing. Um, Marisol, can you share with us how you initially got started um, in the sports industry? Yeah, so my internship, in order to get that, uh, that diploma, um, required me to, um, to really, you know, look at what I was thinking of, of doing or specializing. And so all through college, I knew that I, I wanted to do two things. I either wanted to be in sports or really focus on something that would allow me to work with my own community. And so I remember at the time, um, and college was a very interesting experience for me, just from um, the demographics of, of my college. And so um, my classmates didn't understand why I was so fixated on, on my final projects being, you know, things and brands that, that and how they should um, interact with the Latino community. And so um, I remember I was looking for internships. And so I had interviews just like my other, my classmates. And I remember every single interview, I would see my classmates there. And it was just like, okay, so I guess this is when marketing goes into play, right? Like just have to market yourself better than your classmate who you have all your classes with and we have the same, um, you know, following the same curriculum and whatnot. And so, um, so I decided that I wanted um, to, be different. I wanted to go after something that my classmates maybe hadn't thought about. And so one day I just thought, you know what, I, I love Chicago. I love spending time there. I, I appreciate that when I go there, um, being different is something that is valued and celebrated. And so I, um, I decided that I was going to do that. And um, I interviewed, got, got a, um, an, an internship there. Um, it just happened that the agency um, had the White Sox as a client for 
um, Hispanic Heritage Month. And so for me, I busted my tail to make sure that I did my intern duties, you know, and be, would become available in case they would need some help with the White Sox project. And so, um, so that was really, you know, what really hooked me as far as like, that's what I want to do. I'm, I get to do marketing, which I love, Latino community, which I love, and then sports. So awesome. So, um, so that was really my, my, my first um, real taste of, of what this could be. Um, so it just happened that, you know, a year and a half later, um, the Rockies posted a job. And um, I remember people telling me that I was overqualified. Um, and I remember people telling me, you are going to get paid close to nothing mm -hmm. if, you, if you go that route. And so um, there were a lot of people around me that were discouraging um, my enthusiasm. Um, but it was you know, something that I felt that I needed to do and, and a possible investment because I always thought, okay, you know, if, uh, if things, things with the Rockies don't work, then I at least have the Colorado Rockies brand in my resume. And so, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, also building your own brand. And so um, I took a huge pay cut. Um, I was uh, back to basics as far as what my responsibilities were. But then this individual coworker, um, Paul Swyden, um, we were in the, same, in the same department. It didn't start that way. I think he joined our department like two or three weeks later. Um, he had been with the Rockies for a few years and had been around sports for, um, for a bit longer. Um, and so I would like to say that our friendship really, without him really even realizing it now, I think was more of like a mentorship for me where, you know, he would suggest, um, you know, go after this, maybe suggest this in this way, um, maybe, you know, do this. And so, you know, till this day, I will tell you, um, about four weeks ago was the last time I called Paul to have a heart to heart about what I want to do and how to approach it and how to present it. And so, you know, I call Paul a really good friend um, of mine, um, but I don't think that that he really realizes what his words of just listening and understanding that I was a young person with all these dreams, right? And not giving me the reality of it from the get-go, not scaring me, but enough for me to understand what I was getting into and how some of the things that I wanted to do could be perceived because they were not ready for it. And so I think that um, that for me, it's it's um, it's Paul Swyden, definitely for sure, at the start of my career and even now continues to be um, a huge influence um, for me, even though he had he personally has left professional sports. So. Yeah, that would be my person. Yeah, uh, I have the pleasure of knowing Paul and he's all around a, a good person. And I think um, kind of related to a topic I definitely want to touch on after this, which is sort of the difference between being like an active ally for women in sports, um, especially Latinas, versus just kind of a performative ally. I think that's a big thing that, that, we're, that we need to kind of get past in our industry. We need them to just take the leap and be more active in terms of their allyship for us and, and with us. Um, so, uh, Ileana, I would love to know how you got started in, um, in soccer. Yeah, so lifelong soccer fan. When I was in high school, I told myself, this is what I want to do. And I had no idea what that, I said, I want to work in sports. I want to work in media with sports. I had no idea like what job opportunities were there. Um, and so when I was in college, long story short for that, I just had small talk conversation with the university admin in the food court. And I, and they were like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to 
work in soccer and I want to be in the communication side of things. And he was like, no problem. I'll set up. Uh, he's, he just knew someone that can get me an internship pretty much. Well, get me an interview for an internship. But as Karina said, obviously, like you, a lot of people help you, but it also also comes down to like how hard you work and the name you make for yourself. So um, that was pretty much my introduction to working on the professional side of the sport and um, my introduction to PR in soccer. And from there, I just had the opportunity. So many people took me under their wings. And um, as Marisol said, she has her her group called Las Madrinas. I have like my little Michael Madres that I that I call Michael Madres. Um, and I mean, I feel like I'm gonna, about to give like my award-winning speech right now. I'm just gonna go down a list of names, but <laughs> one of those first individuals was Olivia Cervantes. She was um, like a court. She was like overseeing me as an intern, and she just welcomed me and like happily showed me the way of how things work. Um, and then from there, I just met like Irene Gutierrez, who has been worked, working in this sport for so long. Um, Vicky Mercado, she's over at the LA Galaxy. Sinue Mendoza, which me and Jesus were talking about earlier. He has been so great in just teaching me about, you know, best practices and, and PR in, in soccer and sports in general, but PR as well. And Elizabeth Sanchez was with US soccer when I joined US soccer and she, it was just so great having a very familiar, you know, um, individual who gets it, who who knows, you know, where you're coming from and, and is happy to like, just take you in and, and show you show you the way. And it's so funny cause we would, we would joke about at one point I was like overseeing the press box for US soccer. Irene was overseeing the press box for like Mexican national team games in the US. And Olivia was overseeing the press box for other international games. Sinue was seeing the press box for other international games. So we were just saying how like we literally control the press boxes in soccer um, as a joke. Um, I, it was just a funny thing. And as you, and swimming to that, that um, I think Marisol said was how, and I didn't realize this until Marisol said it is growing up, you just, um, I didn't realize I didn't have the professional guidance there. You know, my same thing as my parents, they didn't um, go to university. Um, so I didn't realize I didn't have mentors there. And it's so funny because I followed Yvonne on Twitter. I think when I was like maybe in college <laughs> and I was just like so excited to see a woman in PR and baseball. So it's so funny how like now we're connected and we're getting to know each other. But like I told Yvonne before, I've admired your work from afar for so long. And I just think it's so funny how like today we're on this call together um, because same thing. I obviously am always interested in seeing, you know, who's working, what industry. And when I find a Latina, I'm just like, yes. Like, you know, just rooting for her and I want to support her. So, um, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's so funny how now we're here, but those are those are the individuals that really took me in and and showed me, welcomed me and like showed me the way and, and answered any and all questions that I had still to this day. Juliana, thank you for those kind words. That means a lot. Um, I did get started a long time ago just to fill everyone in around 2007. So Juliana is clearly younger, a lot younger than me. But um, no, it's, it's you know, it's a couple of names you throw at, um, you know, Vicky at the Galaxy. It's it's so such a common theme that those helpful names, you know, I even know those people because they do, they are those people um, outside their industry as well. So it's, it's wonderful to have these commonalities and understand how important it is to sort of connect with people and help in any way you can because you, you do build this community of support and we all end up knowing each other and are able to help 
elevate each other. And, and I think that's really important. Um, before I ask Andrea the same question, um, I just wanted to kind of point to um, her significance. Um, we do have, uh, most of us on this conversation have off the field, off the pitch, off the, you know, whatever, insert the sport um, positions. But Andrea is, is, is unique in that she, she literally is the first Latina strength and conditioning coach in Major League Baseball. And uh, we've had quite a significant year in terms of coaching positions throughout, you know, throughout sports. And, and that, when, when we talk about trailblazing, that, that, that's the very definition of trailblazing. So um, I, I'm excited to hear from you, Andrea. Please share with us how, how do you do, how did you start um, you know, in your position and how did it even occur to you? Because a commonality with all of us is I mean, my parents didn't go to college either. Like my sister who's on the call now, I mean, we, we didn't know what SATs were. We had to figure it out. Like, you know, we, we really don't know the possibility. So I am fascinated to hear Andrea, how you um, carved this path for yourself. Yeah, so I think I definitely um, figured out exactly what I wanted to do when I took a chance uh, and went out to Houston, Texas, where my brother was uh, living at. And I decided to Google the best, you know, athletic development company in Houston, Texas, and Dynamic Sports Training popped up. And I always say that God has blessed me with many angels in my, in my path. And one of those big names for me is Lee Fiocchi. He is the owner of, uh, of Dynamic Sports Training. And I mean, I had a thousand questions as he was willing to help educate me. And, and again, he, he was just like, go out there and be you, you know? He was the first person to sit me down and tell me, being a woman in this industry is going to be your strong suit. He's like, because people want to see change. So at some point they're gonna have to see past the fact that you're a woman and they will hire you based on your qualities and your you know, qualifications and because of who you are. So he's like, don't ever let anybody tell you that being a woman is, is a weakness. He's like, I'm telling you right now, that's gonna be your strong suit. That's what makes you different. That's what you bring to the table. So ever since then, it was just like, if anybody else told me any different, I was like, nah, I'm good. Your opinion doesn't matter. Um, because I had already heard from someone who I looked up to what I was capable of doing, right? He's the type of person that you can have goals for yourself that you think are super up there. And you're like, yeah, I wanna reach for this and I wanna reach for that. And then after you talk to him, it's like his, the, the way he sees you through his eyes and he explains it to you, it gives you like that fire. And I cannot even explain to you, like every single time I talk to him, I feel like I, I can just do it all, you know, like I, I'm ready for war. And so, he was he was hired by the, by the angels um if i'm not mistaken in 2017 so when a position came open with the organization he threw my name in there because he knew who i was he knew the type of work that i did so essentially baseball found me through lee fiocchi and so uh ryan croton who has then been an absolute ally for me ever since he hired me i mean you want to talk about a real ally that's him right there. Like, I, I, I wish he could sit down on this call and just because that's who he is. He didn't go out of his way to to make me feel comfortable and hurt. No, he goes out of his way to do that for everybody. You know, I wasn't the exception. And that's just the person that he is. So um, he um, put my name for for this position. You know, and because I was under contract, I, I couldn't reach out to the Giants and ask to apply. Someone else had to do that or, you know, they had to ask for permission. So 
Ryan Crowen, uh, as soon as the position came open, he he was like, you have you have to interview her. And so having those type of people in your corner really makes everybody, everybody else so insignificant because if that's who's behind me, I don't care who's in front of me because I will run you over with the people I have behind me, you know? And so it's just it, things like that, that, you know, um, I, I just, I've been very, very blessed. You know, I, I, I think God has placed me in the places that I should be whether it's to learn from a bad experience or whether it's to learn from good people in my path. And those are two huge names um, in baseball who have really believed in me and believed in who I am. And every single time that you talk to them, you can sense that you can, I mean, they just have this way of putting a fire under you and making you realize that you're so much bigger than you think you are. And so I, I hope that at some point, everybody in their career man or woman like can have someone like that for them because I know that for me without those two it would have been 10 times harder to get to where I am so I am extremely grateful for them for that incredible you know it's it's powerful just the belief of one person the person to take that initiative to be that active ally to be in your corner you know to that level is is still very rare and so that's an important call out that you you have Andrea and you know, we certainly hope that more people can get on board and who are just actively fighting for equality in our individual sports and wanting to see these big wins, right? Like we really want that to happen. I think these conversations and raising awareness kind of places that idea in someone else's brain. Like, wait, wait, you know, maybe I could take it a step further and maybe I'm currently working with an Andrea in my department. And like, right. let me push her further because I'm in a position where I can do that. And I think that's when things will start to be a little better. But um, on the theme of being super real about what it is to be a Latina in sports, in our individual sports, I think it's important to be very um, transparent because, you know, um, as many wins as we have, we've had really tough times too. There have been things that have come up that have been incredibly challenging. And I think what... Um, you know, what, what, what I don't like to see is, you know, when women sort of get disheartened and they leave the industry because of various reasons, it's just, they don't have that support. Um, so I like to sort of share, you know, what those challenges were and sort of how you turned it into a win. And, you know, I can just briefly start because um, I think it's important. You know, I started in 2007 in baseball and um, the first few years, I, you know, it's very common when a person is in a PR department and a baseball team, you get clubhouse access because you need to do your job. Part of your job is storytelling. Part of telling stories is speaking to the player directly and organizing interviews, especially if part of your role is, is telling the Latino stories, right? Well, for the first few years, I wasn't given clubhouse access, actually. I had to work through a, a male colleague to filter my requests, do the player and organize through them, um, which was an added layer. And, and I was told that I needed to earn that respect. I needed to earn that, you know, some, earn something that is just given to another candidate who isn't a woman in my same spot. Certainly things have changed since then, but that was my first experience. And sitting here today, literally, I created a career working with players. This is all I do now. So that door, yes, was shut, you know, in front of me for a few years, but, you know, I found a way to push it wide open and I, I literally made a career out of it. So on that theme, I would love to know, um, we can start with Ileana. I would love to know if you can sort of walk us through, you know, one of your biggest challenges 
and either how you turned it into a win for yourself or separately one of the greatest wins that you've had in your career? One, well, I think this specifically is just maybe working in the sport, but like international soccer is always happening. Um, and as for everyone, you know, sports is just always happening 365 a year. So for me, my biggest challenge has really been owning a work-life balance. That's like, and that's, that's not really specific to women or Latinas, but, and also not allowing your job to become your identity. I was just so, I have been so consumed in my role where it's just basically all I do live and breathe. And then, I mean, 2020 was as everyone knows, the challenging year, but it it did slow down and allowed me to kind of put more effort into those relationships that I value so much um, that I wasn't doing before just because I was so on the go all the time. Um, and then I was just pretty consumed in it all. And I, and I honestly didn't have any more hobbies. And now I'm really working on that, making sure that I have, you know, myself and qualities of myself that I own and that I'm um, proud of because I did definitely get lost in that for a few years. Um, but I would say my greatest win overall, um, now I feel, well, one of my greatest wins honestly is working for, for U.S. soccer. I always thought that I would work like in a small community soccer organization. And there's nothing wrong, of course, with working in a small organization, but I never thought I would be working with the governing body of the sport and have all the experiences that I've had. One of my favorite memories is in, I think it was in 2017, we were in Mexico City for a World Cup qualifier. And the day before the game, um, the team has a training session. So the stadium is pretty empty. And I don't know if anyone is familiar with the Stadio Azteca, but that venue is, you know, just a very huge, intimidating uh, venue in CONCACAF. And I just remember sitting on the field, watching the U.S. train, and I was just like taking in the scenics and be just being so so just proud that I was in the country my parents were born in but I was representing the United States um it just was a whole full circle moment for me so for me one of my greatest wins honestly is the career that I'm in now the position that I'm in now um that's a big one for me and they're not really connected but <laughs> I mean having your dream job is is definitely a huge win so congratulations I'm a huge soccer fan and uh, one of our mutual friends uh, had me out to the Ecuador um, national team practice one time where they're out here for like a friendly and oh lord that was incredible just seeing you know <laughs> my the, the oh yeah I've country my parents come from and being there for practice it was like unreal to me so I can't imagine you know that role is amazing amazing thank you Eliana yeah. um Karina, please share what has been one of your greatest challenges and one of your greatest wins. I think the biggest thing throughout my career and I've experienced ever since I was a student in college up until now is just this assumption about my capabilities and what I actually can offer. I think no matter what age I will be, that will, that will be an issue. And so that has always been um, one of the biggest challenges, especially in starting a new position. You know, I have worked for several different organizations and teams and throughout different parts, whether I first started or in the middle or, you know, it, it, now after working four years, you still get questions about your capabilities for certain things. And so I think for me, that's just 
fuel. That's just ammo for me. It's like, okay, let's add some gasoline to the fire now. You you did it but by making this assumption about me. And I think it's really, um, it's paid off in several ways. Uh, you know, several, when I was a student in college, I saw one of our coworkers got nominated for a regional Emmy and I helped him work on a project for it and, and part of it. And I was like, wow, like, I want to do that. I, I can do that. And I put my, you know, all my eggs in a basket aiming towards that. And for several years, I would get nominated, 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 but then I wouldn't win. And I, I looking back, I put so much energy into that. And once I finally won my, my first regional Emmy award, it was amazing and incredible. And I'm so proud of myself for doing that. But one thing it taught me is that the awards are incredible for your professional career. They are awesome. They they say something about who you are and what you stand for. But at the end of the day, they are it's a piece of metal. It's what you did with the people that you worked with, who you taught, right? Did I work with production assistants to help them? Was it a full team effort or were, what were the challenges that we as a group kind of encountered and, and tackled? And to me, it's those challenges in the moment from storytelling and production that we hit every, every day. Um, those are the biggest things that I learned from. And those are the things that have put me in the position to where I am now. Um, and one other la last challenge, I, someone alluded to it earlier, but it is a very lonely job working in sports. And that's another challenge being away from family. I'm grateful to have, you know, my family is very creative in how we celebrate holidays now. Christmas for several years past was, you know, the first or second week of January because we were always playing on Christmas Day. Um, but that is a reality that I think a lot of Latinas and people that work in sports in general have. Um, but it, it's you get a lot of wins in the meantime so that's awesome and Karina didn't mention that she was behind the I I know everyone saw it the Warriors video um when um on inauguration day Vice President Kamala Harris is a Bay Area native and a Warriors fan and Karina created this incredible tribute to her that she actually retweeted so um incredible and I truly believe um you know it, it had to be Karina who created that, right? And that's why it's important to have representation, to be able to capture something so beautifully because you yourself are a woman of color and you see that and you you create that, that comes from your heart. So that's why it's important. That's why I'm glad we're here today. Thank you so much, Karina. Marisol, please share with us your biggest, um, what you, you consider your biggest challenge in your career and your greatest win. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, the challenge, unfortunately, has been, um, one that too many um, people of color in general have, have had to endure at one time or another. Um, I will tell you, and I think this kind of summarizes what my challenges have, have been. On day one of professional sports, as I am going through orientation, about an hour into this set orientation, um, a person that essentially was going to be my boss, not direct boss, but, um, but was an important figure in the organization, a female, um, said to me, well, welcome. Um, I hope you realize that you are already coming in with two strikes. You are a woman and you're a woman of color. And one of the things that I will tell you, I, and, and it still makes me angry because the me now would have never allowed her to say that to me and get away with it. 
I also probably wouldn't have gotten <laughs> very much experience in sports, but, uh, but it's just, you're a different person, right? And so um, I remember that I, the break that I got after that, and I ran into the restroom and just cried in the stall because I had never experienced anything like that. And this is supposed to be my dream job, right? This is supposed to be the place that I busted my tail and got in debt in college so that I could, I could get to. And this is how you're welcoming me. Um, you know, fortunately, I, I think that um, I, and I have always said this, I am so blessed to, to have the family and the support system that I do in that um, being a woman and, and as, my, as my eight-year-old says, having this beautiful olive color on me is something to celebrate, right? Like it's, it's something, it's not something to, to frown upon. If anything, you know, it's something that I've always seen as a strength. And with that sentence, this woman, woman, shaped my world. And so that for me, you know, was something that was very, very harsh and, um, and it got me. But then what happened was that the stubborn Marisol, the one that, you know, as Andrea said, I know who I have behind me, was kind of like, wait a minute, you don't get to just come in and, and, you know, like light a match on my dreams and my hopes. No, 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 no. I'm going to make sure that by the time that I leave here, you will be so sorry that I am walking out the door. I, it's not, you know, it's not a matter of me doing it out of any other reason than for pride, because you obviously have something against either, can't be that it's a female because you're a female, but you obviously have other issues, but those are your issues. And so, so that was one. The other one that really, really, really shook me was, um, different employer, same type of situation. Um, I found out um, through our interns that there was a person in, in, in the organization that were referred to me as the Mexican in the marketing department. And when, when they approached me about it, it sounded like they were having internal issues with, with it. You know, and, and one, you never want people to feel like they're hiding anything from you or feel guilty or sad for you. And so at that moment, I remember that I was on fire on the inside. And then the only thing that came to me was um, to say, you know, but I am the Mexican in the marketing department. I was like, I'm very proud of who I am. And so, you know, if, if they can't say my name, apparently when one of the interns um, said something about it, it was like, hey, you know, like, that's not right. Like, you should not be referring to her as the Mexican in the marketing department. Um, this person realized, like, oh, gosh, this intern has a big mouth and tried to say, well, I can't say I can't say her name. But here's the thing. That moment for me, I decided to take control. I decided to take control and say, you know what? Them using the term Mexican, right? They're making it seem like it's a derogatory term, like it's a negative term. No, I am going to tell you that for me, my flag, right? Just as the United States flag are important to who I am. And so that now speaks more about you and how you are now going to be perceived by interns and anybody else that has heard you refer to me as that. And so that's your problem, you know? And so I think that for me, one of the things that, that I have really, you know, had to struggle with is just how inferior other people think that I am because of what I'm proud about. 
you know, like I, I, I'm like, I'm sorry, those are your issues. Those are not mine. My parents taught me to be very, very proud of my journey and who I am and all of my experiences. And so I think that for me, unfortunately, that has been, you know, one um, to that add the fact that, you know, um, when we are in a, in, in a meeting where, you know, we're talking about um, baseball and our football specifically, my comments seem to be dismissed. It's almost, and it's funny because like, I'm aware of it, but I don't let it get to me, I think as, as you know, others would, but I think that's just, you know, who I am. Now to that, I do believe that that has also been my greatest um, success has come from, from that. I think, you know, being able to, to speak on multicultural, right? Speak about challenges and issues facing our community that, that our organization perhaps may not be aware of. To me, that is a success. It's not about my individual success. It's about using the platform in which I'm standing and being able to use that to make our community a better place. And I think that that for me has always been just something that, you know, as I mentioned, my, my madrinas, right? That is something that, that we talked about very early on in my career about, you know, it's important to go after your dreams, but you also have to understand what that role plays in the overall community that you are living in. And so for me, I would say that, you know, my biggest challenge has also been um, the root of my success, uh, fortunately. Thank you, Marisol. I have known Marisol for a good amount of time now. I, I, we first met when I was at the Dodgers and she's at the Rockies. And I can honestly say that a lot of the programs she implemented there, I was inspired by and, and basically tried to do with the Dodgers as well. And, you know, I think to, to Marisol's point, having someone or having that community or, you know, it, it's not it's not always automatically, if it's a woman, she's gonna be supportive to you. In fact, I've had many similar uh, experiences. So for me to have someone like Marisol through these years that I look up to that I respect and, and frankly speaking with her experience, I, I can honestly say she should be running a team by now, but uh, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day perhaps. But Marisol is the type of person that at right now is, I can tell you confidently is qualified to run either an NFL or MLB team. She's, she's qualified for both. So um, anyway, that's, a, that's an important call out, call out to you. And I just wanted to quickly acknowledge a comment from one of my, one of my colleagues, Lindsay LeBennett from Wasserman. And she asked how, you know, how black women could, could be more proactively supportive to Latinas. And, you know, I guess we could get that to that afterward, but my quick response is like, you do enough. Um, I can tell you that throughout my journey, um, some of the key people in, in, in the most uh, supportive have been Black women, have been other Latinas. That has been my personal experience. So um, I'm going to throw that back to you, Lindsay. I'm going to ask you later, what can we do better? <laughs> um, so Andrea, please share with us, um, last but not least, please share with us your biggest challenge and your biggest win. I think I'm going to go right off of uh, Manifold's story. I think uh, we have a very similar one. So when I went into baseball, um, I kept getting this comment because baseball, you know, is very um, more Venezuelans, you know, more Cubans, more Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. You don't see a whole lot of Mexicans. So um, I, I, kept, I, get, I kept getting told that I was super Mexican. But I, I, I saw it when, when I would hear that. I think um, they were trying to be 
I guess, like negative about it. But in my head, you know what I pictured? Like the Superman sign with like the Mexican flag. And I was like, I got it right here, you know? And so I, I was like, yeah, I am, you know? Like that's where I come from. That, that's, that's my forte, that's who I am. And I mean, if you don't like it, that sounds like a personal issue as far as I'm concerned. So um, I think a lot of people tried to bring me down with that comment. Um, and I just, I mean, I, I ran with it. You know, I was the super Mexican coach or whatever you want, you know? Um, what happened then is just because I am so proud of where I come from and because I want to be um, known for lifting others up, especially Latinos. I, you know, I was very interested in ways I could help the programs in Dominican. And so then people started thinking that I only wanted to work with the Latinos, you know? And so with baseball, as you move up, you know, it's less Latino. So I was like, no, I can coach anybody. It doesn't have to be a young Latino. I can, I can coach the major league player all the way down to the rookie, you know? But then I was like, you know what? Maybe that's my forte. And, and for the longest time, I tried to create the, that, um, the title that I have now, I tried creating it, you know, within the Angels organization, you know, but, you know, it's baseball and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And so now where I am, I'm like, all those comments that were made, I put them right to work, you know, and now I am, you know, going to be right alongside um, helping lead the way of the programs that are going to be in Dominican and here in Arizona for the rookie level. So I'm like, Thank you, because you pointed out what I was great at, and now I'm just riding that wave, you know? And so, yeah, they might have tried to bring me down with those comments, but I'm just too proud of it. So I was like, oh, I'll wear this. <laughs> I will wear my super Mexican sombrero all day, every day, you know? And now that I, that I am the assistant coordinator here for Latin America, it's just like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I used all those comments and I'm putting them right to work. So um, yeah, it's definitely uh, a little bit like Marisol said, you know, uh, those comments and people trying to bring you down because of who you are and being true to yourself and then just turning right around and using that to better yourself, not only as a coach, but as a professional and placing yourself um, where you should be at for moments like, you know, the time where they asked for an interview, it was like, oh, I'm ready. I, I literally went into that interview and I was like, my goal today is for after this interview for y'all to look around and be like, if we don't hire her, we've messed up. And I was, because I was so ready for that position because I had been trying to create it. And so, yeah, I, those are, they're completely connected. And it's just like, I took what was negative and I made it into a great positive. Amazing, I love it. Um, I see we're like close to time, but I'm going to go ahead and ask one more question and, and I'm going to try to get to a couple questions in the chat box. So for all of those who are logged in, we may go a few minutes over like, um, so if you, you know, if you want to kind of hang out with us, please do. And uh, again, thank you for being with us. Um, but Andrea, yeah. Um, you know, a, a good choice by you because I think the league, I mean, is like close to 40% Latino and growing. So I think this little niche we all created for ourselves is going to be, is going to be, you know, the right choice moving forward. So 
I want to kind of keep on that theme, um, ladies, about um, sort of being really real about this industry and what could be done better, you know, based on your experiences, based on, on what you've seen, what you've experienced firsthand. I'd like to kind of get into um, what you feel particularly could be done better in your sport. So my next question for all of you would be, um, what do you think your industry, soccer, NBA, um, baseball, NFL, what do you think they could be doing better to, not, to elevate Latinas, to ensure that their qualifications and expertises are matched with opportunity, timely promotions, and the ability to reach the highest level of the team, organization, or agency. Because the reason I ask is because a lot of the times in my experience, you know, just kind of knowing people and um, observing their career path, it seems like a lot of the time us Latinas like are in the same role for a really long time, you know, and, and there isn't that support there to push those uh, much deserved promotions, to put us on a path to reach the executive level of our team, of our agency. And it just, you know, it doesn't, there's gotta be some work there, right? Obviously, because the talent is there. And not only the talent, um, I think all of us here today, you know, we do our jobs in two languages, we're bilingual. So we're doing, you know, several jobs because that's kind of been our path and that's what we have to do. We usually take on more jobs than our job title um, encompasses. And we do it in two languages, yet, you see that, that, that there's a lack of Latinas in the leadership roles at, 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 in teams, leagues, agencies, all layers of the sports industry. So anyway, to go back to the question, because I felt like I, I, I gave my own personal input there, what can your sport do better to make sure that Latinas like yourself make it all the way to the top? Um, you know, what, they, what could they be doing better? And I will start with um, Marisol. What can the NFL be doing better to make sure that people like you, you know, rise to the top and make the sport better? Well, I would say that as, um, as a league, you can continue to provide teams with resources and or pressure to ensure that there is opportunity, right? And so I think back, and I mean, Yvonne, and you, you know, are, are very familiar with this personally, but also... You know, for me, my first promotion, real promotion in professional sports uh, came in 2016, 17. So I had been in sports for 11 years before my first real promotion came. Before that, my title had changed, but there was no money tied to it. There was, there was no real development happening. It was just, you know, kind of like, um, well, let's change things a little. Maybe if we give her a new title, doing the exact same thing, maybe even more, but without any real promotion, it was never recognized as a promotion. It starts to feel like it's you. It starts to feel like you're not good enough. It starts to feel like, what am I doing wrong? When the reality is, you know, as, as um, Andrea and Ileana and, and Karina have, men have mentioned, you're overqualified. You're doing jobs that are not in your job description and that you could get paid three or four times outside of, of, what, of sports, right? And so I think that that's where leagues coming to play as far as making and holding teams accountable um, and setting that example. Um, I feel extremely fortunate and privileged, believe it or not, that I am part of the NFL. The NFL has done such a great job, I think, in, in putting pressure here and there and, and being an example in other ways. And, 
saying, you know, we're not only expecting these of teams, but we also have to walk the walk. But then I feel like at a team level, right, is where you have to have individuals that are not only allies, but that are um, sponsors of you. And what I keep saying about sponsors is those people that perhaps have the titles that matter. And I say that because we all know very well that sports can be a very, you know, click type of, of uh, place as far as titles go. But you need those people to be able to go on your behalf and say, so-and-so is doing such a great job and, and we should recognize that by this, by that, you know? And I think, you know, one of the very important things, and, and I do not want to um, end this conversation by acknowledging um, my current boss. He's our senior director of, of marketing, Ted Santiago, who has been in professional sports for 20 something years. I won't say exactly how many because he's particular about sharing his age. But, um, but one of the things that, you know, that he did when he, when he first came on, it was, um, I'd been with the Broncos for a couple of years is, you know, I talked to him about this, this conversation that, you know, we're having today, I had with him about, I think I'm done. I, th I think honestly, like I have overworked and, and I'm like doing nothing. And, and, and he said, what do you mean you're doing nothing? And I said, well, here's the thing, you know, I have worked on this, this, and this, and this, and I'm passionate and I give my best. But at what point do I expect the team, the organization, the league to do right by me? Right? Like, at what point do I say, see you later? I'm sorry. Like you took me for granted. And, you know, one of the things that, um, that I appreciate about, about, about him is that he said, you know, um, you're a team player and that's what makes you so good. But that's also, it's also your weakness because you will do whatever you need to do to see your department succeed, to see your organization succeed at the expense of you getting recognition or you getting, you know, and so um, I will say, you know, that since he came on board and, and I say this, as I mentioned from the beginning, when people asked me, you know, five years back, um, what's it like working in sports? And I would reply lonely, right? It's very lonely. I say that now that there is, um, for Marisol, there is a time before Ted Santiago and a time after Ted Santiago, you know, and now it's kind of like, hey, Ted, like, uh, you don't really need to mention my name. I'm doing my job, you know, like, you don't need to give me kudos. And part of the things that he's working with me on is to um, advocate for myself. And, and that, and I had lost touch of, of that, right? I had lost touch of, of what it's like to be your own self-promoter, your own marketer. And so I think that that is something, you know, that, that is extremely important as, as we move, um, as we move forward. But I do think that um, whether it's because of the outside pressure or because the loss of talent, I do think professional sports are going to have to address, address it, whether it is voluntarily or whether it's not, that's an entirely different conversation. But at least from my, from my point of view, I have seen major progress in moving from one league to the other as far as advancement opportunities and development. And so I can only hope that um, that, that change and um, that activism, if you will, comes a lot faster than, than I have experienced in the last 14 years in sports. I think we could all relate to that and uh, me in particular and um, you know, to be very transparent, it gets exhausting to be your own advocate too, even if you are out there you know, advocating for yourself you know, and you need that support, you know, like you, you had, you mentioned, because otherwise it's you, just you, 
just advocating for yourself and it's extremely exhausting and it isn't necessarily the most productive way to go about things. And until we have Mighty Soul in the position, if I'm advocating to Mighty Soul, perhaps things move along quicker. Perhaps Mighty Soul is able to understand my position and wants to see me reach my goals, et cetera. It's just that, you know, it, it, there are different layers to it, but I just wanna call that out. You know, it, there is a, there's a value to making sure that you know all the the women here reach their goals and they get to those spots where they are decision makers where they can actually make a change so Ileana, if you can share with us if there are any areas of improvement you think the soccer industry in particular for someone like yourself to make it to that um, leadership position to that decision making level position is there anything they could be doing better yeah and yvonne i love how you keep going back to in full transparency, because I think it is important to have this conversation and have an open conversation about it to talk with other individuals, especially in this industry, because it's something that you see that's happening across all sports. Um, I would say coming out of last year, there was no more hiding the lack of diversity within the industry, specifically to mine, but I mean, I'm sure a lot of, a lot of industries outside of sport we're just looking at the lack of diversity when it came to leadership roles or just overall workforce. And that was something that um, I have been paying a lot of attention to lately. Um, and clearly, I think one thing that's so unique to us as Latinas is our heritage, our culture, our language. These are all qualities that we have that are not listed on our resume, right? Our experiences that we bring just make us, make us so much stronger just a great bigger asset to the organization that you can't really express in an interview or you can't really, it's not real, you don't really know it until someone's in the position and then they're just, you know, just making you so much more diverse by thought and, you know, so um, I think that was a big one that came out of, out of this year that I'm, I've really been thinking about a lot, especially when it comes to soccer and um, that, you know, Hispanics are the largest ethnic minority in this country or Latinos are and um, for brands to speak with an authentic voice, um, their workforce has to reflect that. You can't fake it or else, you know, people will, can, will know that you're, you're doing that. So I think it's important that we're not just, industries don't just pigeonhole Hispanic or Latino as like a separate part of their efforts. It needs to be incorporated in their overall umbrella um, because that's just a part of being authentic and and truly embracing that demographic, especially when it comes to soccer, because, you know, we're, we're coming from, I mean, and baseball too, there's just like the fan base is so diverse and um, a big part of that fan base are Latinos. So um, I think just when you're looking into giving opportunities to people, just looking at experiences and, and you know, giving giving them a shot. I don't want to say taking a risk, but I always think about that. Like, I feel like I've made a good name. I feel like everyone on this call, just seeing, hearing your stories, I'm like, these women are so incredible. How is it that we don't have more of us in this industry? You know, um, that's how I feel just chatting with you all. And, and I hope that moving forward, that's something that you just see a change in, in, in our industries. All really good, um, really good points. Yeah, I think it's it's really important, like you said, um, to hold your you know organizations accountable and make sure it works for you. You know, is is the organization team um, agency you work with reflective of who you want to be represented with? If it's not, if it's not diverse enough, like ask questions. I think that's accountability is a huge one, and I think that's that's important to take on that responsibility as well. Um, 
Karina, I would love to know um, if are there areas of improvement in, in the NBA, do you feel um, for someone like yourself to um, for, for candidates like yourself to reach the leadership levels? What can be done better, if, if anything? Absolutely. I feel like, you know, it wasn't until I got to the Warriors that I had a department of where I just wasn't the only woman um, at, at the Warriors where I work now. My department has six women, which is incredible. But I think one of the biggest things and not just from the NBA or even from a, a team, uh, an NBA team standpoint, but industry wide, I think what can help elevate the future of Latinos and Latinas to roll within this industry is really developmental coaching that doesn't end at the internship level, right? I think a lot of times it's like, oh, let's let's hire this intern or let's hire this part-timer. And then there isn't an evolution beyond that. And, and sometimes people have to make the hard choice. Well, I'm gonna work this other job because working in sports is, and that's a whole nother topic, but I think it is a barrier as to why there isn't as much representation because it doesn't pay as well as what some other jobs can. Um, but for me, I think, and you know, we talked about it earlier, mentorship and sponsorship within organizations and within the league as a whole, can help because, you know, you, like we said, we can do all the work and we can, you know, be pushing ourselves and have our own goals. But if the people above us aren't helping us, you know, not just keep us accountable, because at the end of the day, we keep ourselves accountable, but help us get to that next step. I think that's one of the biggest things that can create more inclusivity, create more diversity from, from the ground up. 100%. Um, I love that you, that you said um, all the all those things are they're super important. And I think just to chime in here before I go to Andrea, for example, to, to your point about developing um, that talent, for example, you know, in my prior position at the Dodgers, uh, if I had reached my ceiling in the communications department, you know, there were so many skill sets that I had, I, I, I had knowledge of working with baseball operations, I, I worked in player development, you know, in Dominican Republic you know, to maybe perhaps have extracted me, put me in baseball ops. I mean, maybe we're having a different conversation here. Maybe I'm sitting here, I'm assistant GM already. So it takes that initiative to take those, that skill set, the talent you already have, those, the, those people who have demonstrated that they're qualified regardless of gender and just push them, put them somewhere else. Like don't let them, don't let them reach their ceiling. I think that's super, super important for any, any industry. Um, Andrea, um, what would you think, um, you know, you have different perspective on more kind of the front office background. You personally, your perspective, what do you think baseball um, can do to ensure that you there, that, that, that the next Andrea is not too far behind and um, that you reach your goals or women like yourself reach your goals um, on the field? Honestly, um, just by experience, um, being in a leadership role now, my biggest thing was having people behind me that were willing to advocate for me. And, you know, every time they got a no about me, they, they didn't just, you know, sit back and be like, oh, sorry, I tried to help you, but it didn't work out. No, it was a constant battle of them advocating for me and um, pushing me to better myself every single day so that, you know, when an opportunity came open, that I would be ready. And so I think, unfortunately, I think good people need to be hired, you know, like good human beings need to be hired um, because that's who I was blessed with. 
And they didn't help me because, oh, I'm a woman. No, they helped me because they're good people. And they saw me for more than this female coach. They saw me as, as this professional that has, you know, potential to reach as far as she wants to go. And I just think it starts there. I think people up at the top need to put the right people in the right positions, not only just by qualifications, by realizing that good people matter. And so um, I'm super, super blessed now with the Giants that I have, I mean, amazing people that when I, when I got, when I was interviewed, it felt like a conversation that I was having with, with a family member, but that's who they are. You know, they want to know about me. They want, they wanted to know who I was, not only as a coach, but as a, as a person, as a professional. And I appreciated that because I had had other interviews where it felt more like a token interview, if that makes sense. Like, oh, we gotta, we gotta keep this pool diverse. So let's throw a woman in there. And they felt you could feel that. And so with the interview with the Giants, it was so different. It was literally a conversation that I had with them. And, you know, just being here now, I haven't yet been able to meet everybody that was in my interview, but the people that I've met now, I mean, they're, they're great. They're great human beings. And I just think baseball needs to do a much better job of hiring not only qualified individuals, but individuals that care about those around them. Beautifully said, it's totally important. I think that's, that's you, it's perfectly said. Um, can't agree with you more. So ladies, I'm gonna kind of, um, you don't all have to kind of answer, but if someone can kind of take, when I ask a, a couple questions in the, in the chat box here, if one of you wants to chime in and give a quick answer, um, I would love that. And then I think we'll kind of conclude and kind of let you guys say goodbye and, and share whatever you'd like to say before we, we head out. Um, I think I have a question in here that says, can we ask something in Spanish? Please put whatever you want in. Um, También podemos hablar español, así que um, mándame sus preguntas. But I'll start in English here. So um, from our kindergarten attendee, um, if one of you ladies wants to take this quick question, if you could go back to yourself as a kid and um, what would you say to yourself? Um, Charlotte says, she says kids are brave. So any of you ladies want to, talk to your your former self as a little child and what would you tell her yeah I, I want to answer this one um I will tell her to never ever ever try to fit in she was born to stand out and to never ever change who she is because that's what I've done now and it's worked wonders for me yeah so many so many doors have closed because I am who I am, but so many amazing doors have opened to the right people um, because of who I am, because I am true not only to who I am as a person, but to my roots and my culture and my family. And so I would definitely tell my young self to never ever try to fit in, to shine as bright as the stars and to let everybody else wear sunglasses if they need to. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I think that's that's a great piece of advice. Um, I'm going to go to, um, there's a question from um, Nicole Fernandez. I know you, Nicole, where are you? Um, I think she's still on the line. Um, she just wants to know, um, what advice would you give to those women who might have had sort of a negative experience with other women and feel like kind of 
they've been put down, um, how do you kind of drown that out? And how do you rise above? Um, what advice would you give to women who feel like they've experienced that sort of negative um, interaction with other women in their in their industry? I can take that one, I think, oh. or no, Karina, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, Marisol. Um, I, I think that, you know, we have to break that cycle, right? And so I have, as I mentioned, you know, I, I have definitely encountered um, those situations, but I think what's important to me is that I don't let it, um, I don't, I don't allow it to stick with me as far as like, I'm now going to be this. If anything, it's like, set a better example, right? Be that woman that, that is the one lifting others. Be the woman that is holding the door open for other women, right? Like be the person that, that you wish you had. And I think that that for me um, is, is, has been very special advice that was given to me, you know, on a personal level that I have taken to me professionally is, you know, if you can learn from every situation, good and bad, but I also think it's equally important to hold people accountable. And I think that that is the one thing that if I could go back, you know, and, and tell myself is just, you know, you have to realize that when these situations happen to you and you just ignore them and yeah, some, you should just kind of brush off, but you shouldn't allow those to continue. The moment, you know, that I stayed silent with the very first one, right? Like, um, I heard countless experiences after from other women. And so all I felt was guilt because what if I had said something right about, about the situation and whatnot. So I think that the first thing is always, you know, lead by example. And so, you know, if, if something did happen to you, um, acknowledge it, deal with it in the best way that you feel, but don't become that person. Don't, don't become that person that is now, you know, using this situation as an excuse to be, as, you know, Andrea said, like, be a good person. And, and being a good person alone will, will do wonders for you. So um, I would say for me personally, that is one of, one of the things that I would just um, suggest. That's very, I think that's really good advice. Um, and I think, yeah, just having that, um, just, just knowing that not everyone's like that. You may have had some bad experiences, but knowing for that every one of those, there's gonna be 10 women who, if you reach out, they're gonna wanna help you. They're gonna wanna see you win. So please don't be discouraged. Um, I'll just do a couple more questions before um, wrapping it up. Um, there's a couple questions that are similar. Um, a college student, um, similar background to us, wanting to know advice to, let's see here, Ooh, where did it go? Advice to a college student or someone who may not have connections, who wants to enter our industry, our individual industries, does one of you ladies want to take that question? I can jump in here. Um, I think right now is an incredible time. We're kind of in a golden era to reach out to all sorts of people and to be able to connect without having to actually ever meet them in person. So utilizing LinkedIn, utilizing social media, even for my industry, especially, um, you know, video production, there's a whole sports media group, you know, sports creatives, um, and really utilizing that direct message button and reaching out to people that if you don't have people within your own network, ask around, connect with us. I'm more than happy to connect you because the thing with sports is if you know, if you work in sports, 
you probably know somebody else that works for this other team that you want to work for. And if you don't know them, we got another friend that has another friend that has another friend and it's a long chain. Um, and so I think that's one of the best ways is, is taking the risk and, and, you know, taking, being careful with how you write it, right? Don't just say, hey, I want to talk to you. Obviously do your research, have, you know, be prepared, reach out to them with respect, you know, give them, you know, leeway, some time ahead of time. But I think that's one of the best ways now because we have Zoom and because we have these, these calls that you can just hop on, it's a, almost the golden era. So take advantage. So I'm going to do, I'm going to, um, going to uh, ask one more in Spanish. One of you ladies can help me out with an answer for that one and then we'll wrap. Deportes profesionales o negocios. ¿Qué se puede hacer para mejorar ese negocio desde sus posiciones? Ileana. <laughs> I was like, I haven't answered one yet. But how confident am I in my Spanish right now? I'm just kidding. I do speak Spanish, but... Uh, ¿Qué se puede hacer para mejorar este negocio de, de sus posiciones? I guess I just want a little more like clarity on the question. Um, okay, let's see. Sorry. <laughs> I can answer this one if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, para mí, este, la, la manera en que yo ayudaría al deporte es este, creando monstruos. O sea, dándoles a estos niños que están firmando los 16, 17 años, dándoles una base, una fundación en, en, el, en el gimnasio con las pesas y con su rendimiento físico que, los va a poder, que les va a dar la capacidad y la oportunidad de competir a, en el nivel de grandes ligas. Porque al fin del día a mí me contratan para ser jugadores de grandes ligas. Entonces, si yo puedo eh, desarrollar el jugador en sí, eh, al atleta, y, y los coaches este, desarrollan al jugador. Si podemos combinar esas dos, yo creo que podemos crear monstruos eh, en el campo de béisbol. Entonces, para mí, yo puedo, yo puedo desarrollar un atleta que te puede dar home runs, te puede dar 99 millas eh, en la loma. Y para mí es un aspecto muy importante. ¿verdad? Al fin del día, yo estoy aquí para desarrollar jugadores de grandes ligas y de mi posición este tengo la capacidad de hacer eso y más home runs más strikeouts más jugadores tirando 99 millas por hora va a haber más gente este que va a querer ir al juego entonces va a haber más boletos que se que se compran y al fin del día va a ayudar al negocio entonces de mi posición este directamente puedo puedo desarrollar este desde un punto muy inicial este, puedo ayudar a desarrollar jugadores que van a llegar a grandes ligas y que van a tener un impacto. Y Andrea, a favor de pasarlos a mí cuando están listos para, para representarlos. Muchísimas gracias. Um, okay, ladies, I, I think we'll close. We do have a question for, um, well, not a question. If you can, as part of your closing, share what would be the best way for anyone who's on here to reach you. Also, I just want to shout out HJ, um, a former intern in my department who wrote a really nice message. Thank you so much, HJ. <laughs> um, so when you're, when, when, I'd love you to close with whatever you're feeling today on this, on this uh, International Women's Day. And please share with everyone who's on here, what is the best way to reach you? 
I'll start this one since I didn't answer any questions. <laughs> well, one, thank you so much, Yvonne, and for all the wonderful ladies that are on, on the panel and um, Jesus for just helping us put this together. I think it's so, so great to share our stories. And like, I think I'm so excited to hear that there are individuals, like other um, Latinas that are in college trying to see like what opportunities are for them. Because I remember going into sport, I had no idea there was this many um, opportunities to work professionally, like on the admin side or the sporting side, I've learned so much. Um, so I'm definitely more than happy to answer any questions and just hop on a call with anyone. Um, best way is probably LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, it's Ileana GTZ for Gutierrez. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Ileana. Um, Marisol, do you want to go next? Yes, thank you. Thank you all for uh, for joining us. I hope that you found you know some um kind of inspiration or motivation i mean obviously after andrea's speech i was ready to go to battle for sure but uh, but hopefully you know that you found this helpful um you know the most important thing is to just remember what you want remember what you want and want it so bad that all of the negative things that we shared with you are nothing in comparison to what your um your heart desires and so um, I think, you know, from, from my standpoint, um, whether in sports or anything else in, in life, I think it's extremely important to remember who you are and remember that at the end of the day, you know, at least for me, I see this as, um, as my career, as a job. It's not what defines me, but it does make everything outside of this a lot more um, exciting, right? Um, but with that, if uh, if there is anything that I can do for for any of you, and you want to have a conversation, you want you know talk about um, your resume, you need help with your resume, um, you can definitely reach out to me. Obviously, you know if you were um, if you were made aware of this through the marketing collateral, they tagged us in everything, so you have all of our handles. So I do not um, you know at all want you to shy away from using those. Um, I'm also on, on um, LinkedIn and I can share my email. I would share it here, but it's super long. Thanks, NFL. Um, but, uh, but yes, do not be shy about, uh, about reaching out, um, whether it's related to sports um, and or not related to sports. But thank you for the space. Yvonne, thank you so much for um, moderating and for leading this conversation. Um, a complete pleasure. And um, um, as for the other women on, on the panel, um, thank you for sharing and for um, being so open about your experiences. And um, I hope that one day I can have a little coffee or shots of tequila uh, with you and, and have something more personal. So thank you. Thank you so much, Marisol. Karina, you're up. I just wanted to say thank you as well. I am feeling so inspired. And the biggest advice I have to every single person on this call, no matter how old you are, is to, you know, use that flavor, use that sabor, use what, that extra seasoning, whether it's adobo, I'm Puerto Rican, so that's what we use. Like, use that and sprinkle it everywhere. I think we as Latinos and Latinas have so much to offer that we've mentioned in many ways, our heritage, our culture, our work ethic, our ambitions, and use that to your advantage. And that is the biggest thing that I, I want to leave everyone here with. Uh, the sky is truly, truly the limit. 
um, even bigger than your own imagination can probably think of. Uh, the best way to reach me is LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, would love to connect with, with some of you um, in person maybe when it's safe, um, but virtually even now. So thank you again for having me. Thank you so much, Karina. Andrea, our closer. <laughs> So much, um, Jesus. I think you are a great example of what being an ally is about. Is not only just giving us a seat at the table, but allowing us to speak and be heard and be seen. I think that's huge. So thank you for that, Yvonne. Again, thank you for for inviting me, keeping me in mind for these type of events. You know, I, I love to shine light on on Latinas because. We don't, I honestly don't think we get the respect that we deserve um, at all. And so just allowing us to have this tiny little time to just, you know, be visible because being visible is it, huge. Representation is something that I am very big on. And I think my my last words for, for anybody out there is just, um, as my soul said, don't, don't forget who you are. Don't ever dim your light for not one person. Like I said, they can wear sunglasses if they need to. And you know, you, you just you gotta fight. You you have to fight. You gotta be willing to, to take the losses and turn them into wins. You gotta be willing to go on when when you're tired and when you think you can't do it anymore. It, it's something that I I mean I've just been taught. You know, it's something that I I I give my parents a lot of credit because they, they've pushed me. I mean, they've seen me, they, they think I, I can be the next president of the United States. Like they believe in me more than I believe in myself. And I think, uh, you know, I believe in myself a lot. So, you know, that just speaks uh, to my parents and be loud, be loud, be you. And like I said, do not ever dim who you are for not one person. I think that's my my biggest um, consejo to everybody out there. Thank you, ladies. I'm proud of you, Auntie Boo. <laughs> Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you, ladies. Um, you know, I'm going to take that warrior spirit we heard from Andrea at the beginning and everything, all these words that you you shared with us. And yeah, be yourself. You know, I'm, I'm 14 years in this game. I'm not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> So let's keep going and rooting for each other. Um, the best way to reach me is via social. Jesus um, tagged us all on, on um, our esquina, so you could find us there. I appreciate the time. I appreciate you taking the time to want to learn about who we are and what we do. And um, we hope to see many of you, if you're not already in our industry, we hope to see you break through and we're here rooting you, rooting for you as hard as you possibly uh, imagine. So happy Women's Day to everyone. Um, take care of yourselves. Please stay healthy. Have a great evening.